You have insufficient funds. Two years later, Woo! I'm back. I'm back. Insufficient Funds is finally back after a long hiatus. I'm ready to get back to what I love doing. And I have a very special guest here with me today. Please introduce yourself, ma'am. Wait, how special? Special enough. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, what's up, everybody? It's Ayani Lanise, and uh, I am... The special guest on this podcast today, and I'm just here to have a good time and bring all the good vibes. Why are you a special guest? Because uh, I'm your woman. Mm-hmm. What else are you? <laughs> um, because um, I'm a little out of the ordinary, the conversation, I think, that we'll have today. So, yeah, I think it's going to be good. What about the baby part? What, that I'm, you want me to say I'm your baby mama? You always say that. I don't like that word. Okay. I'll, I don't I'll, like that term. All right. I'll, I'm going to let that, take that out of my dictionary. All right. Okay. Thank so you. We'll do better. So um, this is definitely a different type of episode than I normally do. Mm-hmm. This is something a little bit more serious, but at the same time, I'm still going to have fun doing it. <laughs> I'm going <gonna>, to <coughs> censor myself a lot more on this episode. Mm-hmm. Just to, I would expect you know, nothing less. So, this episode is dedicated all to you, Ayana. Oh. This is your episode. So, I want to, I know um, we're coming up with two years for the incident that happened, right? hmm So, I would love for you to kind of tell the people what happened, how it changed you, kind of like a, from, the, from the start to the bottom to where you are now, okay? Okay. All right. So, starting from the bottom, uh, April 14th. 2020, the beginning of COVID, the, the first quarter of the worst year for a lot of us. Um, an incident happened at work where I was um, a TV news reporter for a station in Atlanta. <clears throat> and I was working a shift that I don't normally work. Um, I normally am off on Mondays and Tuesdays. And I was working this day because... Um, I was asked to. So it was the morning of Tuesday, April 14th, and I had just finished a report uh, live. And so the way it works is like if you um, are considered an MMJ, you don't have a photographer with you. So I had a photographer who met me out there when it was time for me to go live. And then um, after we finished going live for the shows, they can go about their day and finish the rest of their tasks, and I can finish the rest of my tasks. So mm-hmm. that kind of sets the you know scene for, for how that works. But So we were out um, in front of 17th Street in Atlanta, and we were covering a story. This was Now keep in mind, y'all, this is the beginning of COVID, where... Um, where it was, everything was shut down, 
And there was the stay at home order and people were freaking out about COVID and nobody was really sure what was going to happen. And it was just a lot. And so about a month into it, there was literally nobody on the streets because uh, Governor Kemp had told everybody to not go out. We just finished a live report. We'd seen maybe one car, and it was probably an essential worker the entire time that we were out there. So we'd been out there for about 30 minutes. Um, I had finished my first report on a story, ironically, about COVID and this woman who was coughing on these kids in Target because she thought it was funny because she thought COVID was a joke. (laughs) Right. Um, And so, yeah, we finished the first report. We usually go live at 5, 5.30, 6, 6.30, and 7, all 30-minute hits throughout the morning show. And so I finished the first hit around 5.30, A.M. A.M. Yep, sorry, A.M. And um, then out of nowhere, once we finish, um, I guess when I had turned around to walk to the car, a woman um, who was just kind of out and about, it seemed seemed like, seemingly, um, approached the photojournalist that I was with, my photographer, um, while I was walking back to the car. So I didn't see her. But when I got to the car, you have to, the way that our desks are set up is in, we're basically have mobile units, right? So our desks are set up in the back of the van so that we can work on the go at breaking news or whatever situation is happening. And we don't have to always go back to the news station. So in order for us to use some of that stuff, we have to have it charged. So I turn on the car so that I can have it running and turn on all the batteries and this and that. Um, and so I can get prepared for my next hit, which is going to have a different setup. And so um, as this woman is approaching the photojournalist in his car, keep in mind this is COVID, so we had to take two separate cars, you know, for germs and all that other stuff just for precaution. Um, And so she's talking to him. I have no idea because I'm in the back of my work truck, you know, typing away. And all of a sudden I hear this loud commotion. And so I can kind of hear it, but I can't see it because of the way that the desks are facing in the truck. So I hear the commotion and I kind of like start to listen. And by the time I turn around from the desk to the front of the van, the woman is yelling at him. He's rolling up the window and she's running towards my van, which what? So your (laughs) desk is facing like my desk is facing backwards. Yep. Okay. So like, and and it's like a milk truck. So y'all can imagine a milk van and milk truck. So our desks are facing the opposite direction of, of the, the driver's of the seat. Driver's seat. Gotcha. So we have to physically turn around in order to see what is happening behind us okay. in the front of the car. And that's where the incident was happening at. So she sees my car, which seemingly looks empty, right? Because the two passenger seats in the front, the driver's seat and the passenger seat look empty to her because I'm in the back. So I guess she thinks that she could come and take this car if she's going to take one um, because it doesn't seem like anybody's in there. So by the time I can turn the chair around and kind of reach over as she's sprinting towards my car, by the time I reached over the seat and was able to find the lock and press the lock, she had already gotten in the car. So she yanks the door open and she kind of punched me in the face a little bit so that I would move over because, of course, I'm screaming, you know, what are you doing? Yeah. There's a few profanity words. <clears throat> Sorry, mom. We'll, we'll but uh, what the? F- <laughs> I don't. I, I was saying for her, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, a few of those. Yeah, okay. A few of the b word. Um, a few of just whatever came to mind because I was very confused as to why this woman I don't know is outside. First of all, in the middle of COVID, and now you're trying to take my car. So I was just really confused. Um, 
And so, yeah, she kind of punched me over so that I would get from the driver's seat to the passenger seat. And she was able to do that because I was, again, turned around trying to get the door locked. Okay, so you jumped from the back, from the desk Mm -hmm. to the driver's seat to try to lock the door. Try to, but Mm -hmm. you have to jump. I couldn't, like, jump physically, like, you you know, jump over the hump. But I had to reach over the chair in order to get to the lock. Right. Like, there was no easy way to... Reach that, I guess. Okay, so before you could do that, she was mm-hmm. already she in was the already in the car. Child, she had opened the door. She made herself at home. She had a lollipop in one hand, and it looked like to me like a cigarette. I'm not sure exactly, but something in her other hand, and she was just super comfortable. Um, and she had no regard for me whatsoever. Um, and so, yeah, she pushed me over, and um, it's interesting. So this part, this is why it like sounds like such a crazy story <laughs> because it just, so many things happen that just don't make sense. Um, like this is not real. I don't understand. It's like, you can't make this up, but literally this is like what happened. So as she knocks me over, I'm in the passenger <clears throat> in the passenger seat, kind of discombobulated at this point, I'm yelling at the top of my lungs. Cause now I'm really confused. Like, I know this heifer didn't just punch me in the face, but now why is she in my car? What wait. is she doing? So, so, <laughs> Where are we going? Wait, Sis, so, can I have some answers? She, so you were trying to get to the, the driver's seat. I was trying. But she knocked you into the passenger seat. Barely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right, okay. I tried my best, okay? <laughs> it's, that's all that I had just started my boxing classes. <laughs> we wasn't very far into it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I forgot the technique for a second, and I was really trying, but... It just wasn't working. So, Anyways. Okay, let me ask you. So, on, on the work van, right? Uh-huh. I can't remember. So, is the sliding door on the same side as the driver door? There's sliding doors on both sides. Oh, but, yes, on, on this sides. specific okay. time, because of how we were parked, I went on the side of the driver's side. Because, remember, I turned the car on and right. then hopped right behind it into the sliding door to get to the back where the desk was. Okay. All right. Go ahead and continue. With okay, yeah. Sorry about that. So, now I'm screaming out the front window because on the passenger side because now I'm very confused as soon as I she got in and shut the door she sped off so I'm half hanging out the window I'm half like my foot's in the pass in the um what's the thing called the dashboard I'm just I mean she literally threw me over so I rolled down the window because what else are you supposed to do if she just locked the door um roll down the window and I'm just screaming but then I realized there's a cop car right here already and now I'm confused because I'm like, did something happen that I now I'm really confused in the midst of her speeding down the road. So what happened was before we go through the driving part, she had already apparently committed a crime or something that warranted recognition from the police okay. to the point where they were looking for her. <clears throat> and just so happened that they stopped by us because again covid stay at home order nobody's on the street we're the only two people looking crazy in the middle of the street so he stops to see have y'all seen to say have y'all seen anybody blah blah blah. meanwhile while he's talking to the photographer that was with me i'm in the car being kidnapped literally like quite literally this is happening while he's talking to him so you can literally so as you're driving past you see the police i can see the police officer talking to the photographer as she's literally driving past him Okay. It's it's insane. And so once she drives, she almost hits the cop and the cop car because he had just gotten out of his car and started talking and she's speeding off. Mm-hmm. So it was it could have been bad for that officer and probably the photographer as well had she, you know, she missed them by, I mean, a narrow margin. Okay. Um, so anyway, so, yeah, um, she had committed a crime. I guess they were looking for her. So that's why the police, thankfully, in this there. case, had already they were already there. So it's not like we had to call the somebody had to call the police and then they come and then. So 
that to me was God's grace because I'm like, what are the odds that you this something crazy like this would happen and then there's already some form of protection that's close by. Right. So we're speeding down 17th Street, woo! And um, she's just talking to me about whatever she has going on. It's just like, we're talking about that part too. Mm-hmm. Oh no, wow! I want to hear it all. Oh man, all of it. Yeah. So she, um, it was very apparent that she was under some sort of influence of something. Okay. It wasn't like a weed type of situation. Her eyes were glazed to the point where it was like it was it was something else, and um, it, she just seemed like she just really wanted to talk to somebody about something that she was going through and like maybe the drugs were helping her or something like that. Um, she was just saying all kinds of things like, you know, she's the creator and um, <clears throat> she's like the Easter bunny and just like all kinds of things that just to me didn't make sense. So as we're flying through 17th street, down 17th street, not passing a single car, um, I see a police officer kind of, I don't want to say hanging out, but you know, he, he, there was nothing to do really because everybody was at home. So he's kind of parked, just kind of patrolling and whatever. And, um, I'm screaming out the window still because I mean, I'm just confused. And so as she's talking about all these things, you know, she grabs the, um, we have these, these boxes that we used to be able to radio in and we could talk to like the CB. Boxes, mm-hmm, yeah. The yeah. Yeah. So you, yeah, yeah, exactly. So you can talk to the people who are back at the station. Okay. We don't use those anymore but they're still in the car. And so she was grabbing that, just kind of asking for her chance to talk to somebody on the news. And I was like, you know, I'm talking to her calm. I'm like, I don't know how to use that. And I don't have my phone. She was like, well, call the station, tell them, you know, it's my turn. It's my time to talk. You know, she was talking about an incident that happened to her um, that dealt with sexual assault and how she felt like nobody was listening to her. And um, at that point I was like, okay, so at this point, it's life or death, right? You know, now you're trying to think, if I unlock this door and jump out, if she's going 100 miles an hour, I might not make it. The window's down. If I jump out the window, that might not be a good idea either. My only option at this point, which is crazy to think about, is to buckle up. <laughs> so let me ask you, the buckle up situation, where did you get that from? I got that from my dad. Literally, we weren't able to go anywhere without buckling up. I mean, like, nowhere. Out yeah. the garage, if we weren't buckled, he would slam on the brakes and, and make us concentrate so that we buckled up. Because he always said, you know, if anything was going to happen to you, I want you to have at least some sort of safety precaution. So I never go anywhere, literally anything, without anything that moves without buckling up, which is crazy. She's not lying. I'm not lying. I buckle up if we go in. We at the bank. I'm still buckled. <laughs> if we sit in the car, I'm still buckled. Um, just because I felt like, especially after this, you know, there's a reason that you should buckle up. And I make you buckle up. <clears throat> Every chance she gets. Mm-hmm, I sure do. Um, so, yeah. So, I buckle up. And now I'm trying to keep her calm. calm because I don't know what's going through her head that could take her over the edge, if that makes sense. Just based off of what she's talking about, about the, the sexual assault. Yeah, the sexual assault. and the crea- It was just all over the place. Like, her thoughts just weren't together. They weren't flowing. Um, and so now I'm like, all right, so she's clearly under the influence. How can I make it through this alive? Gotcha. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I asked her, I said, you know, I'm sorry those things happened to you. Do you want me to pray for you? And then she yelled at me and was like, I'm the creator. You can't pray for me. I tell you when to pray. And I was like, all right, cool, sis. We don't have to pray. I don't want, we don't have to pray, but, but, now, but, hey, I, but I ain't that. trying to die. So what else can we suggest? Cause I was like, Oop. 
okay okay friend um so yeah i guess i was just a little thrown off because i didn't really know what else to do to keep her calm and my fear was not even gonna lie to you like is this a suicide mission like i just didn't know where her thoughts were and all i knew was i was trying to survive it so um yeah we passed that cop that was just sitting there and i guess he saw me and heard me and i mean we were flying Flying. So what do you what do you think y'all were doing? Like what? Oh, it, at least ninety. I mean that that truck only goes so fast. It's okay. a milk van, like, <laughs> and it's a work milk van. So okay. like, yeah, it, it, I think it's only equipped to go, but so fast. I would say at least eighty, ninety. You think she was pushing it? Like, she was pushing, pushing it. it to be on Seventeenth Street. I mean, that's their speed limit. There's probably like forty five. I mean, it's a it's a it's a work road yeah like so she wasn't like stopping at red lights no 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 no. we were flying through red oh no we were flying through red lights where you know that type of truck is kind of like it's a work truck so you every bump you hit you feel it Mm -hmm. so we're flying at 80 let's just say 85 miles an hour down the street that goes you know up down up down we hitting every bump we hitting every stop she's not stopping i'm scared and looking both ways just to see if something's coming but she has no regard for none of that she's just on her rant she's going she's going she's going so Okay, so let me ask you. So let's go back a little bit, right? So when she jumped into your van, mm-hmm. right? What was your photographer doing? Was he in the car still? <clears throat> so to this day, I don't know. Um, Sips tea. Right. The tea is hot, sis. The tea is hot. Um, I don't know. Um, I had never worked with this photographer before. Okay. He was, it was a new environment for me as far as working with him, a new dynamic. I had never met this man before. I knew he worked there, but never we never worked the same shift. Okay. So we didn't really have that relationship that you typically built with the photographer where you work with them every single day and you they know, you know, what you're scared of, you know what they're scared of, like you know how to watch each other's back because you're you see each other and how they, you operate every day. Right. I didn't have that with him. Okay. So in my head, if I it was the ideal situation, I would have loved for him to see that this woman who's clearly unstable went from his car to my car and y'all just had some sort of interaction, some sort of something that even caught my attention through another car Mm -hmm. to turn around and be like, what's going on? And I looked down and this woman is flying towards my car. What I think I missed was that while she was running towards me, and this is where I give him the benefit of the doubt while she was running towards my car, the police officer pulled up and he got out and went towards him. I think he stopped watching where she was going because the officer pulled up right behind his car. I'm just assuming that's what happened because of how I looked up and was like, oh, a cop car. <laughs> what are the odds? Like, that's crazy. So, yeah. Um, you want to and go back to like the flying so, down 17th so Street? Or? So did y'all go over 17th Street Bridge? Yes. And at that point, I that's when I questioned like, is this a suicide mission? Is this woman... In my head, I was like, is this bitch about to, you know, jump over the bridge and, like, make this, you know, a, a big thing? Like, it, I just didn't know what her mind was going towards. And I think that was, for me, like, the scariest part. It's like, you know, what I pride myself on is being able to talk to people of different backgrounds and like being able to relate to you to some sort. We may come from different backgrounds or whatever, but we're all human at the end of the day. So, um, I think the biggest thing for me was just not understanding how I could make this better for her so that we came out of this alive. So once we passed 17th Street, I was like, thank you, Lord. 
mm-hmm. and we kept driving. Now, then it was super scary because we're still flying. And if you've ever been down 17th Street, you get to this point over by Nan's Thai Cuisine. And it's this huge dip. And it goes kind of like up a little bit of a, not a hill, but like a little, just a little bit of a, a level up. Okay. And we hit it so hard that I, that we flew up. And she's not buckled out, I don't think. So we flew up. So I asked her to slow down. Because at this point, we're comfortable. I done learned about her sexual assault. I done learned about what who she thinks she is. I, you know, we've At this point, we're kind of talking. She asked me at one point, was I scared? Of course, I said, hell yes. And then it was just kind of like, are we cool? Like, is this like a mutual thing where we, I can understand that we gonna make it out this alive or is this like, where you just need to talk to somebody or are you just really about to say F it and let's just be out yeah. this thing. Okay. Um, and so when we hit that large dip, I started to slow down and she did not like that. So what happened? Like at what, all. What did she say? She what started yelling and was like, don't tell me what to do. I'll slow down when I feel like slowing down. And I was like, all right, sis. Okay. So I let her have it again, and I was like, "Okay." So again, now I'm quiet because I'm like, I'm, "So you were." Quiet, I got nothing like, to say. I didn't try to pray for you. <laughs> I didn't try to buckle up. I didn't ask you where we going. Uh huh. I had nothing else to say. So let me ask you. So at this point, how long were you in the ride? I don't like, know. It felt like a long time. I bet. It felt like a long time. But like I, I would think, in, right? and I mean, it's, let's see, Seventeenth Street's maybe a few miles. Yeah. A few miles on a, a good Atlanta day, it probably takes you maybe 10 minutes to get from one side so, from Atlantic Station where it started to the other side where the neighborhood area starts. Yeah. So I would say maybe like five minutes or so if we're going as fast as it felt like we were going. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say probably five minutes until we got to the part um, at the end of the road, kind of. But so she tried to um, once we got past 17th Street, she tried to turn, but she miscalculated the turn because, we, again, we were going so fast. Yeah. Hit a, um, not a roundabout, a median kind of thing, yeah. And the tire flew off. After the tire flew off, then we were literally holding off for dear life. And we kind of just went where the car was. So y'all were three-wheeling it. Yeah. Yep. Skirt! Literally. Okay. Literally. That's what happened. So how long were y'all three-wheeling it? Uh, Couldn't have been too far. Maybe like, I don't even know, like. I'm not good with that type of stuff. Like feet, uh, like a half a football field, maybe. Like it wasn't too much farther, but I mean, we went until we hit a tree and that's how we kind of ended. And then once we hit the tree, we hit it so hard that I like hit my head, blacked out for a second. Um, And when I came back to, she was trying to drive through the tree and I was like, got a blast. So I got out, unbuckled, got out Mm -hmm. and went the other way. (laughs) (laughs) So were, were, were you like running, running, like- sprinting? <laughs> <laughs> Pew! <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> okay, sis, you're trying to drive through a tree. Okay. I don't know what you're going through, but that's a tree. You're not gonna get through it, and we on three wheels. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna head out, and you just you finish and do your thing. Okay, so let me ask you. Uh huh. So during this whole ride, right? Mm-hmm. Where was your cell phone? And stuff I have like no that? idea. I have no idea. She flew so fast that literally all of our stuff flew back. All of my stuff flew backwards. Okay. Like my my, I usually keep my purse and my stuff like that in the front, the bottom of the front seat, mm-hmm. and then I keep my phone, my work phone, and my phone, you know, with me with the computer and everything else that you need for your for to do your report in the back. Um, and so yeah, everything had kind of like flown backwards. Okay. Because we were going so fast. So on the pursuit to. 17th Street, the end of 17th Street, right? Mm-hmm. So were police chasing after y'all? What yeah. Was, what did that look like? Listen, let me tell you something. This 
now that I look back at it, was a full high speed chase through the city of Atlanta. Not many people. There's a lot of titles people can have and like credentials. And that's what I think I hold by myself. Which is what? A high speed chase by being kidnapped through the city of Atlanta. Like who? What? And I just you can't even make this up. By the time I had ran out of the car after we hit that tree, there was I I mean, I would say maybe five, six, seven police cars behind us, immediately behind us. And there was a helicopter on top of us. I didn't know that. Yeah, there was a whole helicopter. I mean, it was like a full blown. So let me ask you, did this start from 17th Street where you started with the police officer that was talking to the photographer? I would assume so. I'm not going to lie. I I don't really. Once I saw that officer, once we sped past the first officer and saw the second one, I, I wasn't really looking to see who was behind us. I just it was just more of like if I can see anybody in front of me. I'm wave flagging them down. And I was yelling to the other officer, like, yo. So was it like one of those, roll the window down, my head out the window? Yeah, absolutely. Good job. Once I, once, thank you. Once I could get to that point, I mean, like I said, I was a little discombobulated. She had knocked me over. So I have my one foot on the dashboard. One hand was stuck in the little thing that everybody loses coins down that little area right there. I mean, it was just like, she kind of threw me over and then just took off. So like after I was already off balance, she's, you know, speeding. So I just landed where I landed. Right. I mean, but you were able to buckle up. I sure was. was yeah. After she d- didn't want to slow down, I was like, okay, well. <laughs> Shout out to my boy Leo. I ain't trying to die. Hurt. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and hit that seatbelt <laughs> yeah. real quick because you seem like you're trying to be reckless today, and I'm not here for it. It's okay. five o'clock in the morning. Okay. So now we're here. We crashed into a tree, right? Mm-hmm. You took off running. Right. So what does that look like after that? Uh, all I remember is that I was just boohoo crying. Um, I looked up. That's where I saw the helicopter. And I was just, I was just confused. Um, all the officers that were behind me, I crawled and I had no shoes on. I remember that part. I had no shoes on. I don't know where my shoes were. Okay. I had on like slide, like, uh, sli- like, um, Mule slides. Those black slides with yeah. the little, little dots on them? Yes, the oh, mule cool. slides. Oh, look okay. at you. No, my shoes. The mule slides. And um, so I guess at some point they had slid. I don't even remember when they came off. But I gotcha. ran, just ran, ran, ran. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I got out of the state of shock to an extent, I guess, all I remember is there was a whole bunch of police officers that jumped out their car and they're chasing her. She ran. Once she realized she couldn't drop through the tree, she ran. And so they're chasing her through this neighborhood, literally like a fugitive, I guess. I don't know what the comparison would be, but yeah, they're chasing her through the neighborhood. They finally got her um, on the ground, and I guess at some point she had broken her arm. I don't know if it was from them getting on top of her or what, but oh, okay. or the accident. I mean, we did crash pretty hard, too, so I don't know. But so they was after her, and I was the opposite direction. So she didn't have a seatbelt on. Uh, she she did. did not have a seatbelt. See, she don't have a Leo. Everybody don't have a Leo. Okay. Everybody don't have a Leo. So I'm going to rewind it one more time. Mm-hmm. So. That's my rewind noise. <laughs> don't, don't don't get put off the show. Okay. <laughs> Listen, you know what I'm saying? You know, like they do in the movies. I, Ayani. So let me take you I, back I, to 1985. Ayani. Okay. You gave me the drink. Don't, don't make it the last time. So, as far as mm-hmm. her first crime, mm-hmm. what was that? What what happened with her to go from whatever she was doing to your car? So, to my knowledge, and 
excuse me if I'm misremembering like every single detail. To my knowledge, she had broken into one of the apartment complexes with another vehicle that was right where we were doing our report from. We were right in the middle of apartment complexes and she had broken into it's not funny. It's not, it's not funny, funny, but it's funny. And she broke she drove the car into the gate and okay. broke the gate. So the security guard called cops and was like, yo, this woman is driving through the gate. The gate's not opening. She don't live here. And that is when the cops were called, to my knowledge. And then they said that she had almost like trafficking amount of some sort of drug that she had gotten her hands on in the car. And yeah, had committed, you know, different types of crimes before then, I guess. So was it her car she crashed into the game? I have no idea. I I remember, I remember off the record, like not, I don't think I saw this in a, in a report, but Afterwards, I think it was delivered to me that she might have taken the car from somewhere, like her parents or her uncle or something like that, and that's where she got access to that car. I don't believe she stole that as far as like somebody she doesn't know. So she was borrowing it. Uh, she was borrowing it. I don't know if she was going to give it back, but <laughs> she took it into the gate. So I don't okay. know. So that's how all that started. Yeah. Okay. Fast forward. Mm-hmm. So... Again, the scene after she crashed the car, what does that look like for you? After she crashed the car, I had gotten out ran gotten out and ran. And after the police got her and did whatever, the police officer came up to me, kinda asked me if I was okay. And I just remember the photographer somehow made it all the way to me with the camera on. So when everything happened, the photographer from your uh, station or whether mm-hmm. he runs over to you with the camera on, right? Yep. Okay. Tell me about that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's literally what happened. He, as the cops were out, you know, kind of chasing her and figuring out what to do with her, I guess uh, my photographer somehow made his way over to me and he made me the news story at that point. Um, I mean, the light was, I mean, wow. again, yeah, it was 530 in the morning. It's, you know, this is, April, so it's still dark at five thirty. This wasn't the summer hours, and it it the light, the big bright light was on, and he came up to me, and while he was saying, "I'm so sorry," I was literally recording me boohoo crying. <laughs> That's just wild. And it and it, I don't know. I think that part, like, still to this day, honestly, the the getting taken part, like, I've I've coped with that, and like, I've you know, tried to heal from that part. But for me, it was more of like how I just don't understand, like how as a man, especially as a black man working with a black reporter, young woman reporter, wouldn't that be your instinct, in my opinion, to protect? Of course. I mean, I've only dealt with so many, you know, adult black males, but I feel like that's kind of, the vibe that I would get is that just as a human for one and as two, yeah. like we're brother, you're supposed to be brother and sister. Like I think that part for me, like to this day doesn't sit well. Yeah. With just he, he, that strikes a nerve for me still to this day. But I mean, I think that's a lot of people like with the news, right? Mm-hmm. Because you never know what's going on with somebody, whether it's a murder or whatever right. like that. Right. Mm-hmm. So you being in the news, mm-hmm. you were on the other side, right? I was. So now you feel how other people feel, right? And it's just like. So I do remember at one point saying, I get why people don't. 
like or trust the media. Definitely. Um, and I've always been one to say you can't blame everything on the media. I do think we play a huge part in what people are consuming, but I don't, um, I always was one to kind of stick up for, you know, well, we're here to provide you with what's actually happening and, you know, we're just doing our jobs and that kind of thing because that was my livelihood. That's what, you know, I was working for. And, you know, I believe as journalists, our job is to provide you with the best, you know, unbiased you know, delivery of what's actually happening, mm-hmm. whether it's statistics or crime or something positive that's happening. It's our job to just give you this and this is what's happening. And, right. you know, you can take and perceive that how you want to. But I think for me, it was more of that sense of like, as journalists, we know that we can be a little intrusive. Um, and we're naturally nosy, typically most of us, and we want to get the story and we want to get it first and this and that, but I think it hit different for me because I've never been the story. So you were on the other side? I was on the other side of it. Right. And it just felt kind of like after all of this just happened, was this a setup? Like, did you know she was about to take the car? You know what I mean? I I don't think he did, but in my head it was just like, how... Do you come out of all of this that just happened? We just managed a high-speed police chase with this girl you just met. We're supposed to be working together. We're supposed to be, you know, teammates and whatever. And the first thing you think to do is get out the car and record. But you got to think about it. That's what they're programmed to do. To do, right. right? I mean, I I would think that's something that would be not okay. Absolutely. That's what you're programmed to do. Just mm-hmm. like, just for instance, so like, say, you remember when we were on the highway that one day and it was a car accident, mm-hmm. and you were like, "Let me record this. Let me send so it." So I to can send it in. Exactly, <laughs> right. So I feel like it was the same thing for him. Yeah. But it's still like, come on, bro. Like I, I just, was just kidnapped type thing. Yeah. Right? So for you me, I, I guess it's like everybody. It doesn't matter what form of in the news you work. Like we all have, we all draw lines somewhere. Some people, but some people don't have uh, morals, uh, right? I guess you're right. I mean, you I guess. I, I some guess people I've, don't have morals. And I guess I had just never encountered somebody who didn't right. think human first. Mm-hmm. And that was the part that I promised myself. If I'm going to work in news, I'm going to be a human first. And I don't want to be desensitized by all of the crime and stuff that's happening. So I make sure I try, I try my best to leave work at work. And it, I, unfortunately, in this industry, in the news industry, that's just not always feasible because they want you to be in the know constantly and they want you to have your emails out and your phone out and your this and your that and to know what's going on because it is important to know what's going on and I'm always an advocate for at least being you know privy to what's at least happening in your community but I just think for me it's like you have to have the moral code to be able to draw the line because at this point for me if the, if the shoe were on the other foot my first thought would never to be pick up my camera my first thought would be to sprint Are you okay? and check and right. make sure that he is okay in this situation right. and make sure like oh my gosh I'm so sorry like I just got chill saying that but like are you okay and just hugging that person and just make genuinely making sure you're okay right. and for me I guess that lack of just empathy and just just being a just human. human right yeah. it just i just I, that that will forever blow me and i actually saw him a few times um a couple of weeks ago and i did not speak and i just don't feel like he would want to hear, hear anything i have to say because even after it happened he was like he texted me it was like um i'm just letting you know like i, I hope you're doing okay but i'm gonna take a few days because i'm just really shaking up 
So like you're shaking up. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. When did he text you this? He texted oh oh when did he text you this? Uh, a couple days after it happened. So he on my was, work phone. So he was shaking up. Too. He was shaking up. Like apparently, he was, he was just whoo, like, oh my gosh, this was just life altering. I had to chase you while you were being kidnapped through 17th Street. As you pull up, as and, you pull up with your camera. As you on, pull right? up with it, correct. Like he had to chase me, who was the person being kidnapped, and he's the one that's shaking up. Yes, that is what he told me. <laughs> I've not spoken to him since then. I don't even remember if I replied, honestly, because it was still so new. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's get away from it because that's that's fucking crazy to me. Yeah. Protect our black women. Period. Never forget that. Period. Pooh. Always protect our black women, no matter what. Right. So okay. So now we're at the crime scene. Mm-hmm. The van is crashed. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You done ran <laughs> your way. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. What's next? So then we, you know, I got checked out by the EMT and, you know, they did their tests to make sure, you know, I didn't have a concussion or broken arms or broken legs or, or whatever else. Um, and I feel like you want me to. <laughs> so my first thought was, okay, I have no idea where my phone is. I need to tell somebody that something just happened. Mm-hmm. So I, I asked the officer to go in the car and find my phone, which he found. It was tossed all over the car. Mm-hmm. He found my work phone and my regular phone and my personal phone. Correct. Oh, gosh. And then I called my mom because that's what you do when you're 26 and you're, you know, halfway an adult, you kind of an adult, but not really. You call your mama. So I called my mom and I was like, yo, sis, I just got kidnapped. And she was like, what? And literally, she, of course, she was absolutely, you know, sh- shaken up and just confused. <clears throat> so what time is this right now? It, uh, probably, probably about like 545, five, okay. 6 o'clock. Yeah. This all happened at 535. Right. And so I would guess, yeah, maybe closer towards 6, closer okay. to 6. Um. Yeah, and I call my mom, and she's in Philly, so she can only do so much. But I just needed to hear her voice for a second, and then <sighs> the cop came over and tried to talk to me to get my side of the story and what was happening and make sure I was okay. Mm-hmm. And then um, while he was doing that, he told me that I could not be on my phone, so I had to tell my mom I was going to hang up with her. And I don't know if I actually hung up with her. I think I I didn't. Yeah, I made it seem like I hung up so that. You know, she wasn't on speakerphone anymore. And then I texted you while he was talking to me, and I what? told you. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Before we go any far, what did you text me, Ayani? So I had texted you, and then I said, had said, like, um, I was like, I just got kidnapped. Send. It wasn't intentional to not. Ayani. I was not supposed Ayani. to be talking at all, right? It so he's telling he he doesn't want me to like have any influence on the story. That's how it works when you're doing like the police work and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So he tells me to put my phone down because you can't have any influence to tell your story. Okay. So as I'm telling him what happened, I'm like literally gently texting you. I'm like, I got kidnapped, and I put the phone down. So let me ask you before we go any farther. <laughs> I'm going to get jit for this forever. <laughs> what do you think I'm supposed to expect when you text me and say, I got kidnapped at 545 in the morning? What do you what? Do you I think? wasn't thinking that far. It was more of just like, all right, I call my mama. She's she know what's going on. I got to call my man and let him or text him and let him know what's going on, too. But they just told me I can't have my phone. So I still need to tell him, you know, what's going on. But how am I do that while 
he's staring at me and telling me not to use my phone. So it was literally one of those like texting in class kind of things. You hold it under the desk and that's the first thing that came to my mind. So let me ask you. What do you want me to say? Like I was involved in an incident? Wait, wait, let's, that's let's, too many words. Let's, let's, I had to make it quick. Let's reverse the roles before we go farther. If I text you and say, hey, Yanni, I got kidnapped. I'm going to be like, you's a lie. You're too big. <laughs> Who's but, taking you? Right. No. But, so when I'm texting you, you what they gonna <laughs> bag you or something? <laughs> okay, let okay. me not. Okay, I'm not joking about being kidnapped. Just, that part's not funny, but <laughs> okay. Okay. So when somebody texts me and says, "Oh, I've been kidnapped," I what hear. The fuck do you think I'm supposed to think? I hear what you're saying, you but don't. I'm telling... I do. I do. I, I I genuinely would be very concerned, and I would probably no, call you. you. What do you mean? I called you a hundred times. And I answered. No, you did not. Well, Yanni, I tried to. Ayani, me and you did not Y'all talk. Y'all didn't you just hear me say Ayani, I had to put my phone down? I, I literally, They literally told me I could not have I my phone in my hand. I don't want to hear that. First okay. of all, first of all, I ain't letting nobody kidnap me because I ain't with none of that. You're right. I ain't letting nobody kidnap me. If I if somebody kidnap me, it's six niggas that kidnap me, right? Mm-hmm. But when I see a message saying, "Hey, I've been kidnapped," my first thought was, "Oh no, nah, she getting sex trafficked." <laughs> <laughs> oh that, god! That, that, I swear, wow, that's extreme. Okay. Because it's Atlanta, you got to think I, about right, it. So, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Ne- I've never received a message like that or anything mm, like that. Much so, less at six p. six a.m. Six a.m. You remember I was supposed to go to Virginia, right? I was about to drive back to Virginia right. at that time too. So right. I was like, okay, I'm about to get her up. I would never forget. I was about to get up and head back to Virginia. Mm-hmm. I had that seven hour drive, right? Mm-hmm. And I get the message like, "Hey, I've been kidnapped." First of all, what the fuck you mean, hey? <laughs> you about to get you you kidnapped? So, me being me, I'm thinking like, you got kidnapped by like twelve niggas, mm-hmm. and you about to go on the the sex trafficking list. Mm-hmm. That's me being me for mm-hmm. real. Like I'm thinking like that. The so worst, yeah. I'm blowing you up. Like what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. So what do I do? I get on my Liam Neeson. <laughs> I let will me, find you. Let me go get my guns. <laughs> so, That's but funny. Then, so, so then I'm like, okay, she's not answering my call, but she's texting me. So I'm like, okay, maybe she hid her phone. So, oh shoot, you really like we're in a movie, like, like seriously. I'm like, okay, maybe she hit her phone okay. and she in the back of this van, mm-hmm. and I can still get to her. This is my thoughts because I did not know anything until I got there to the scene, right? Like. I love you, Deneen, but she should have called me first. <laughs> so weak. Not you giving my mom a shout out. For real. Because I mean, I feel I, no, that, no, seriously. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm here. And that shit had me shooken. Like, right. I was, I was shook. Because I'm like, what the fuck you mean you got kidnapped? But I guess you got to think. And I think, I, I feel like other women probably could relate. Like the first person you call at 25, 26 is usually your mom. I mean, even when you're grown, grown sometimes, like you, you want to call your mom for just generic stuff. So I guess it was just, I'm, I'm saying that to say it wasn't like I just said, okay, I have two people to call. Let me just do her first. It was literally my first thought was, you know, let me call my mom first because that's just muscle memory. That's just what I'm used to. Anything, something, anytime something happens, car accidents, everything, just like my first thought is call, you know, the top mom, of your emergency right? list, which has always been my mom up until now. 
But, you know, I, I don't, it wasn't like I just purposely was like, F that nigga. Hey, listen, I'm talking, I'm calling Eric. I was like, hey, we got to go see what's going oh, on. Y'all need to kidnap. Like, because Y'all I don't was know about what, to like, pop the block. I really did not know what was going on. Like, I hear I'm you. Like, I'm, I'm, a text message, Yanni? Yanni. It was not. A text message? He told me I had to put the phone up because I literally asked myself, can Either I call way. my boyfriend? He was like, no, I need you to put your Either phone way. down because we need to talk about what happened. Okay. I got my part out because that bothers me to this day because I, I was like, you going to text me and say you got kidnapped? I didn't know what to think. I did not know I hear know you what and I'm sorry. I apologize to you because it's okay. It's okay. it was not intentional to just not call you. My next thought was, all right, now I need to let him know what's going on. Because I'm again still shaking up. I mean, I'm still crying. I'm st- I'm trying to get myself together. Yeah. But I know I need to tell somebody before it c- gets to them first. Yeah. And for comfort, I was like, I need to tell my mom, and yeah. then no, to let you know as well. Of course, for comfort too. But like, just to let you know, this is what's happening. But at the same time, baby, listen, Philadelphia, Atlanta. <laughs> like right <laughs> so, I'm like I'm down, I'm down the street <laughs> she ain't helpful huh I guess I guess she right oh, maybe I should have thought about that a little longer I was like Ugh. you should have thought I had so many thoughts going through my head because I'm like maybe she planned but why would somebody play like yeah, this yeah I would never play like that yeah, at 6 o'clock so, in the morning Absolutely so I'm not. like that's not something to play the, with I was like did you want me to stay a little bit longer I was like no, I could have found another way to do that. I, and, uh, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, so she got kidnapped. Mm-hmm. They just forgot to get her phone. So curious, what did you do? Like, so now after you've gotten over the fact that I texted you, like, then what? I literally jumped out of bed. I get my gun and I hop in the charger. I'm on the way because you sent me the location. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah. You yeah, didn't yeah. tell me what was going on. And I didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm on the way. Like you sent me the location. Like, hey, I'm here. So I'm like, okay, well. We got to drop on you these niggas. You didn't think to call the cops or nothing? Fuck no. I didn't think about that shit. Who thinks about that? I'm like, we got to drop on these niggas. We finna set it off. <laughs> no, so weak. no. I, you ain't call Johnny? I didn't think about nothing. I'm weak. I called Eric. Hey, Eric, come on. Let's go. I swear to you. I'm like, I because I did not know. I'm like, it's six o'clock in the morning. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm supposed to go. We don't have time to think about all that. Yeah. I'm like pushing it. Like yeah. I'm pushing. Like I'm going. I'm like, I'm driving. So I'm on my way to you. I'm like, okay, we're going to figure this out when I get there. Well, good thing, you know, all the cops are with me. So you snoop straight to speed through. Because they was over on 17th Street. That ain't had nothing to do with me. I was going to get there either way. So I'm like, okay. I get there. And I'm so disappointed. Because I thought you was in a van or something. You was in a police car. <laughs> I was in a cop car. What the fuck? I swear to you, I thought... I thought... I thought like it was some sex trafficking and you just gave me the drop on everybody. Like right. we about to save everybody type thing. All right. So after all that, mm-hmm. next steps, what happened when you were in the police car, everything, what happened as far as everything? Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm, yeah. Everything. Okay. So once I was in the police car, they were just kind of, you know, the normal procedure going over, asking me what's happening Oh my gosh. And so then we get to, you gotta fill the cup up. You're so annoying. Here, drink mine. Drink mine. Dude, you're good. Drink mine. Drink mine. Drink mine. But um, we were just doing the procedure, the normal procedure. So, what did it look like? 
Um, so honestly, I kind of blacked out with all that because I was just really, I was just so confused. Um, but I do remember the generic questions. Yeah, I do remember the generic questions where they were asking me like, um, what do you remember that happened? Um, how are you feeling? Um, uh, are you okay? Is there anything we need to check out? Um, and, yeah. yeah, so I don't know. At that time, I mean, we had um, made an appointment for an OBGYN to kind of see if um, we were expecting. And we did that because I was um, my, you know, cycle was a week late. And I was like, all right, we need to probably check on this. And I hadn't been feeling well and stuff like that. So it was obviously confirmed that day so, by a doctor. Okay, so let me ask you. So uh-huh. when the police officers were there and everything, mm-hmm. so what did you tell the police officers? So Because, you know, it was all on the news. Right, right? correct. So, yeah, so that part was irritating too. But yeah. So, um, so when he asked me, like, you know, is there anything that you, again, this is COVID, right? So like the normal thing of them coming up to you where they touch you to make sure you're okay, that kind of thing. None of that's happening. Mm -hmm. We're wearing, they're wearing masks. They're wearing gloves. I mean, this was like the beginning of COVID where we were super unsure what was happening. We thought there was just a virus just hanging in the air. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So everything was done socially distant. So he was yelling across the street for me, like, are you okay? Do you know, because he doesn't want to get close. So I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I'm boohoo crying. I'm hysterical at this point, but I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know. He was like, is there anything we need to check before we send the EMT over? Is there any type of anything that you need to get tested? How's your head feel? How's this? And I was like, I don't know, but I could be pregnant. And he was like, wait, you're pregnant. I was like, I don't know. I was like, I could be pregnant. I, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm just keep saying, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And um, so now he summons the EMT because now they have to make sure that everything would be okay if this was, in fact, a situation. So um, the EMT does my blood work. They're checking for concussion. They're making sure that, you know, just the normal health stuff before we go to the hospital. So we go to the hospital um, and that was where it was. Um, the doctor was talking to me about just my headache and just things I need to do to keep my, my pain down from just the impact of the crash. And he was like, um, Miss Hughes? I was like, yes. He's like, uh, were you aware you're about five weeks pregnant? And I was like, uh, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I think I joked. <laughs> hey, I said, hey, excuse look, me? Look. Let me tell you Go something. Ahead, I have just been through the top of my life and you're going to lay this shit on me right now? Yeah. <laughs> Get out. Hey. I know this is your hospital, but you ain't welcome here no more. <laughs> hey, when you told me I was outside on the brick sliding down the ground. <laughs> I was sliding down the brick like who? Huh? So confirmed. Um. So yeah. So then on top of that, right? So it was like he just kind of like hit me in the heart, and then I was like, "Huh?" And he was like, "Um, yeah." So as he's telling me this, he's like, "It's the best day of your life." He was like, "I know it feels like the worst day, but this is the best day of your life." And of course, I'm sitting there like. Nigga. Yeah. <laughs> he was a white doctor, but I was like, excuse Nigga. me? Because I don't think I understood what you just said. 
And he pulls the machine out as he's coming in the room with this just bright eyed, bushy tailed, and was like, You're pregnant. Like, and I was like, No, the fuck, I'm not. So, what are you talking about? And yeah, so he came in and he showed me, and lo and behold, there was, I mean, he had to search like dig in my stomach to make sure that it saw it, the um, sonogram saw it, but he was, he looked and there it was a little a little peanut a little dot then he said looked like <laughs> yeah. a peanut and that's where our baby to this day is called peanut by a few people so yeah that was the day our life changed and it was um it was just very eventful it was just a day where it was just like i think we were all just in so much shock because it's like how does this happen and then how does it always happen to me like i feel like i have just the worst luck with stuff like yeah, it's like if if anybody were to say something's going to happen, it would be me. And then a week later, it actually freaking happens every time. Well, I don't understand it. I never said I was going to get kidnapped or nothing. But I'm just saying of all the people for this to happen to, it was of course, it's going to be me because who the hell else is it going to be like what? And then at the end of it, to top it off, it's like a confirmation that there's just so much more to look forward to besides this daunting day that obviously is going to be hard to heal from definitely traumatizing emotional and it was just kind of like there is a light at the end of the tunnel <clears throat> at the time i'm not gonna lie I, I i was a little like ooh we i think like the older we get and we're in this phase of like the 25 to 30s we're really trying to figure out ourselves and continue the growth that we've made from 21 to 25 you know what i mean and we're in that phase where some of us want families some of us want you know the to advancement in the career and like we're figuring out what we want right so i guess for me it was just like i've made it this far in my career um you know to a top 10 market at this age that was my goal and it was like all right cool i'm here and a baby i guess just was not what i saw happening so it was kind of like I'm a planner. I love to plan things out, as you know. And for me, it was kind of like this wasn't a part of my plan. But then it was like, but it's never been my plan. It's always God's, it's plan. Always God's plan. Yeah. So I really had to take myself out of like the self, self, self. Definitely. And that was hard for me. I'm not even going to lie to you. I know it was. But yeah, we talked about you that. You did a good job. Thank I you. will say that because we got a beautiful little boy upstairs. Oh, right? my gosh. She's so cute. All right. But that shit was rough. It was That's rough. Fuck rough. Yeah. Right. Um, I appreciate you for holding it down. Thanks, I will say babe. that every day. Yanni held it down for us. I was in Virginia during this whole time, working. Mm-hmm. Kind of same thing for you. Career building, my career. Yeah. And oh, you're gonna make me cry. <laughs> because i'm not gonna lie to y'all he left me to be a single mom no i'm just saying (laughs) but it felt like it because he was in virginia literally the whole pregnancy you know like i mean i was pregnant for all of 2020 february to to november the end of november damn near december and you know from february from all of the pregnancy up until a month before the baby was born i was by myself working side hustling everything because you know, I didn't have a choice traveling back and forth, of course, to see him. But like, you know, it was hard. I mean, I needed my feet rubbed. I had to rub yeah. myself. It was just ghetto. Yeah, but I mean, I had to do it, got, it myself. It got to the point where I was driving that charger. You were, up and down you the were. Every people weekend, to the point right? people thought you were living here yeah. still because you were here every weekend. Every weekend, so yeah. that shit was right. Or every other, but, just about. I mean, I wouldn't change it for the world, right? Because I mean, I appreciate you. I appreciate the baby, mm-hmm. and. 
How he you, got here? You held that shit down. Listen. I will say that. You held it down <laughs> like no other because any other person, I, it was no telling. So that was kind of the thing where I was like, I got to get back here and I got to make sure that y'all straight. Mm-hmm. So that kind of, that kind of put me into the position where I was like, I had to quit my job. Mm-hmm. So my job was the reason why I stopped podcasting because I had so much to do. Right. Mm-hmm. But now I'm in a position where I can do what everything. you want. Yeah. I can do what I want. Right. And we can elevate. And we can elevate. So everything happened for a reason. Mm-hmm. Now we here. Yep. Now look at this, right? Yeah. Hey, I did good. Can I just say that? You didn't I didn't cry. cry. Mm-hmm. I had to. I think it helps because you know you we we make it you know light, and it has been enough time. Not enough time. It was never enough time. I would say, but like it's been long enough to the point where I've had my time to come to terms with what happened. And even as I explain to people kind of the situation, they're literally like, you should write a book. You should, yeah. you know, be do a Lifetime movie. And I'm like, you know what? It does kind of seem like, you know, it's just, it's just, it, it just doesn't, it's not something that I don't think anybody could ever be like, let's imagine that this scenario happened. Like you would have to have a creative ass imagination. So I appreciate you too for, you know, Flying guns ablaze and ready to pew pew. You know what I'm saying? If something were really going down as far as that type of yeah. stuff that you were thinking, um, and you know, we we doing the damn thing. We trying. We're we're recovering and we're healing. And we got a. <coughs> how old is he now? Sixteen. He's sixteen months. months yes, 16. he will old, be seventeen months on the twenty sixth. Right. So. I used to love with my life outside right? of you. Seventeen months later, we're mm-hmm. good. He's growing. He's happy. Mm-hmm. We happy. He has eight teeth. He's nineteen point eight pounds. He's still only nineteen. Well, maybe he's like twenty now. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. like twenty. He got mm-hmm. a little dog. You we know, have a. It's, she's not little. She's big dog. She's she's ninety five pounds. She's big dog. Right, but mm-hmm. everybody's happy. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you for sticking in and you know saying trusting me to get back here and mm-hmm. do everything we need to do. And I look at us. Sky's the limit. Glowing and growing. The sky's the limit. We love to see it. <coughs> so for everybody out there, if you see me walking around the streets, people I like to whisper, is that that girl? I still get that to this day. Talk about it. Talk about it, sis. Talk, let me take a sip. Mm. Um, yeah, so no, that's like another thing too, I feel like, is that people are so confused. I guess like you always get the news story and then you, sometimes we don't do follow-ups or like there's not a follow-up that you see. And so for me, it's like, you know, people kept asking me, why are you here? You know, I took a three months off. They tried to get me to come back after a week and I was like, y'all got me fucked up. But I I needed way more time. Um, I just needed to accept the fact that every news report was saying that I was pregnant. I needed to accept the fact that, yeah. And, and that was the part too that irritated me because I never once said I was for sure pregnant, but it was kind of like, I felt like unless it was just stress that we wouldn't have been, you know, later or anything like that. So it was just kind of like, what could even be, how does that even happen? How did we get from that? So that's every headline. I mean, we we were, it was in the news in Germany, Ohio, Philly. I mean, people were calling from around the world, not the country, 
the world. And so I'm just expected. I'm in the hospital bed as this traumatic event just happened. I feel like crap. I'm, I'm upset, but I'm happy I'm alive. I just got told I was five weeks pregnant. I'm trying to communicate with you what's going on. We're in the middle of a pandemic where nobody's touching you and, 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 you know, trying to, everything's not normal. And then on top of that, the first question that people are asking is just like, why are you, why didn't you quit? Why aren't you suing? Why didn't you do this? And it's just like, excuse me? Like, I have a mortgage and I have uh, things to pay for. And right now, we had job cuts starting in May. This happened April 14th. Starting in May, two weeks after this happened, we got job cuts. I mean, we got pay cuts at work. And that we had to sign a contract from May to September saying that we're only going to make X amount of money until we could get through the pandemic. And at that point, we thought it was going to be over by the end of the year. We, I didn't know what to think. I was confused. I was scared, you know, because like this was a new journey for us as well. And then it was a new journey just to be alive in the middle of, you know, this pandemic that we had no idea what was going to happen. So what the hell else was I supposed to do? Quit so we could be broke living on the streets, pregnant. Right. Exactly. So it was just one of those situations. Like I felt like some people were just very inconsiderate for, they just kind of wanted the tea and it was like, okay, but I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Um, now we can talk about everything about everything else, but it was just like, who are you to ask? Like, why didn't you quit? Or I would have done this. I think it's easy for people to say what they would have done, but you have no idea. You have no idea what you would have done. I think, I don't think many people would have buckled up to be honest. And when we would hit that, when we would have hit that tree, they would have flew through the windshield. Through the windshield. (laughs) That sounds so cool. Right? No, seriously. No, but really, yeah, like I, I, that's what I mean. Like there was just so many ways that I was covered that it was kind of like, I'm just the type of person. I don't hold on to stuff for too long. And you know that like, I just I try my best to just let stuff go. You have to because if you harp on stuff, uh, I did so good. What's gonna happen? Go ahead. If you harp on stuff for too long, it just holds you back. And I think that nobody will ever understand what I went through. Nobody. And you can describe it. You can talk to about it in stories and stuff like this when you. Are opening up about it, but that shit was hard. And I played it calm, cool, and collective because that's just the type of person I am. But I was scared, and um, I just think that there was so many things as I like say it back that it's just like, how could you not think that God is real? Because I buckled up in the middle of a kidnapping. Like, who the hell does that? Like, that's crazy. You know, I mean, not crazy, but it's just like. It was genuinely my first reaction was like once I saw that we were really about to just be flying through the streets, I was like, okay, well, she doesn't seem to care about anything else other than getting her story out. So I have to buckle up in order for us to survive because my thought was, what if she does jump off the bridge? What if she does run over somebody? What if, like, I just, I don't know. And so I think it's just more of like, just be kind because you just genuinely don't know what people are going through. And while I did come back to work, I worked until the day I had my baby. And I sure did. I worked on I Thank you. Thanks, sir. I was so big. I was swollen as hell. I looked like a damn penguin. I was waddling to my stories. It's not that funny. Stop laughing so hard. It's really not that funny. My nose blew up. My Everything was just big. I was swollen. I wasn't cute. And I was still covering stories every day. And, um... I just had to kind of 
while on the outside it looked like I was okay. Deep down. It was hard. Yeah. I watched every court case where she was there. She was shaking her head like she didn't believe anything that they were saying. And I'm just like, bitch. Right. You did it. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I know you were high. Maybe that wasn't your right mind, but like you can't you can't just take away from that fact that that happened. Right. Whether you remember that it happened or not, it the shit happened, let me tell you. And we have like on camp, literally, like, I mean, it happened. Mm-hmm. And so it's just kind of like I got I had my first anxiety attack when I had to see her face for the first time. And I, I let me just put this out there, too. I don't think that that she's a bad person. Okay. And I've always been a very forgiving person because everybody is different. I know. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Everybody is very different. And people make mistakes and they do things that especially when they're going through something like in a sexual assault or whatever that they might not they may, may just might not be all the way there because they're right. just really going through something that they're in their inner self with and mm-hmm. i just keep that in mind when i see people going through stuff because it's just like you know you just never know and i don't think she's a bad person and i pray for her uh, especially at that time but it did make me anxious to see her like i, I was sweating I, my heart was beating I fast remember. i couldn't breathe I, I just i mean it was hard and then my next one came the second court case and then my next one came the third court case it got better but i still was having those just i couldn't breathe I'm, I'm hot and sweaty i'm just anxious and then when i go back in the field everything triggered me yeah. everything i would think that somebody was looking over my shoulder was about to just take me or the like we had an incident where these three guys were walking towards the camera and i hyperventilated during a live shot on live tv i was hyperventilating and i just had to cut because i couldn't breathe and i don't even know if they were coming towards me or not they were coming towards the camera but i don't know necessarily towards me but it was just those are the type of things that still affect you to this day Definitely. anytime something happens like you know, I'm a little more lax as far as you, as far as safety measures. But even still, though, I do, I have times where I'm, I, I just feel like something is just always going to happen. It could be the most innocent thing, like somebody dropping off a package or just somebody coming unexpectedly to the door. And I, I a little piece of me jumps because it's just like, well, what if they're here to take me, you know, or, or, or I just don't know. I mean, you just, you go through these traumas every day. And so I just think that people should just keep in mind that you never know what people are going through. And always be forgiving because, granted, I don't think she meant to just take me, but it happened either way. Intentions Mm -hmm. or not, it's what happened. And so sometimes you just have to apologize, which I would love to hear from her. But I apologize and just, you know, move forward. So, but it's definitely hard and it's annoying to hear from people at work that are like, you know, oh my gosh, I forgot that happened. No, bitch, well, I didn't. So I'm glad it was just like a story for you, but like that shit I live every day. And, I try my best to have a good outlook on it because, I mean, you can't change it. It happened. It is what it is, but, like, yeah. it still affects me. Um, so, so let me ask you about So as far as everything right now, right, so how do you feel? Are you healed from most of it, or what do you, what do you feel as far as that situation goes? I would like to say I'm healed. I think I'm healing. Okay. And I say that in the present tense because, for one, like I said, there are situations where I do have anxiety attacks where I'm just like, I I stop breathing for a second because I just get scared at what could happen. And so I think now it's different because I've always had you, but now I have Jaja. Right. And so now I'm thinking like, well, God, what if something were to happen to me while he's here? or And I just, I would lose it. But then I remember it's like, 
he was with me when all that stuff happened. I just had no idea, you know? So it's like, you know, when that little baby be flipping off the couches and throwing himself across the room, I'm like, child, he fine. Or, we done been or, through way or, worse. Or when he up at 5 a.m. with the dog. We done been through way worse, okay? That little baby is ready to take on the world because we have been through... He has been covered from the day that he was here. Agreed. And even before then. And so, yeah, I think, you know, it's a... it's a he, I'm healing. Okay. Um, And I think that people's first thought is like, girl, I would sue the hell out of that place and I would it's this and that. It's that. not that simple. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just a lot that goes into it, and so, yeah. Let me ask you. So, us being a lot right now, uh-huh. what can I do to help you? Oh wow, that's a good question. I've never been asked that before. Don't don't do that on the camera. Don't do that. Like, don't do that. What can he do to help? Look, see, y'all are the witness. Now she acting up right now. Oh my! So actually, let me pull up my list. Um, I've been thinking about that for a while. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I don't know. I just think that I actually just sent something to one of my friends, Ryan, um, yesterday, where it was like something that I'm trying to put out there it's like there are ways I always I always 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 say check on your strong friends right because people will say constantly oh you're so strong you're so strong I'm strong but I'm fragile oh. I'm so emotional oh. we know <laughs> I care about people and sometimes I care too much because I am a people pleaser and I I can't help that about myself and I don't want to look at that as a flaw because I think it's good to have a good heart, but it can be taken advantage of and it can be ran over. And I, I know, you know, you've seen that happen, but I'm, I just, um, you know, I think that the best thing for people to do, if you know somebody is going through something as far as mental health or emotional health is to just be present, be intentional about asking questions it could be a random wednesday night and you're just chilling and you just happen to think about that person reach out to them and say hey you know you were just on my mind i'm just letting you know you're on my mind i hope you're doing okay Mm -hmm. they don't have to respond but at least they know somebody cares about them somebody wants them here somebody is emotionally was that the right sound i don't know if that was the right sound babe (laughs) that took the whole Uh, tone (laughs) i don't think that was right there it is This ain't my shit, y'all. I fucked up. Oh my gosh. It's okay. You're learning. You're gonna yeah. be the goat soon. Don't worry. I fucked up. But yeah, okay. so I think it just being intentional, being an active listener. Definitely. Um, because even for me, you know, we're journalists, our job is literally to listen to people and right. write down their story. But like even for me, sometimes I catch myself just being so caught in like, all right, how I'm gonna make this a story that I'm not actually listening to what their answers are. Correct. And then for a relationship, I'm so caught in what I think is right that I'm not actually listening to you and so mm, 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 not here not here not here not here not here not here i'm aware i'm aware i'm aware i'm aware so um seriously though like all jokes aside i have been very conscious of just trying my best to listen and i think i've gotten better at it and i try not to you know cut you off and 
in, in friendships, relationships, all of that, you know, you just have to be an active listener. You have to check on your friends. Definitely. And if you realize that they are acting out of character or even if they are acting their regular character, but it's may, maybe something seems a little different or they're just overly excited. So typically people overcompensate when something is going wrong It's something deeper. Definitely. And so just literally saying like, hey, girl, you all right? Sometimes that's all people need and they don't get that. They don't get those questions of, are you okay? And that shit goes a long way. Just that one question goes a long way because it can even be something like, you know, someone lost a grandmother or somebody lost a parent or they just, you know, um, you can't pay this bill this month and and they've never encountered that before or somebody got COVID and that really is affecting them. It could be anything. Their dog died. I mean, it could be anything, literally. And it could be trivial or, I mean, it could just be big or small. And so I think just asking questions and just genuinely making sure people are okay, especially like for our relationship, you know, just asking me like, how are you feeling today? Or like, you know, how was your day? Even beyond how was your day? Because it's like, sometimes how was your day can just come off as like, Hey, how are you? And it's like, good. How are you? And, and, and it's like, good. And then that's just it. You know, we do that as humans because that we're just trained to be nice to people, but mm-hmm. it's beyond just how was your day? Cause how was your day? It could be, Oh, it's good. How was yours? And it's done. So more like, you know, um, did any, like I ask you, like, did anything different happen today? And that could trigger you like, you know, oh yeah, actually this, this lady really got under my skin today and I, I really feel some type of way about it. Or actually, babe, I, I had a, I had a moment today. Like I had a flashback and you know, I had to, I had a breakdown in the bathroom and I felt alone and you know, but it was something I wanted to get through by myself. And now you're aware of that. And now you know that that is something that I am dealing with quietly. Because I don't want, you know, everybody to go through it with me, but I want them to go through it with me. I want them to be there with me. Okay. Not necessarily go through it with me because only you can go through it, but at least be yeah. there to say, okay, well, what do you, what do we need to, you know, to help you get through this? Or like, who can we reach out to? Resources are always good as well. Mm-hmm. Platforms, the healthcare plug, they're good with that. Let me just. Okay. Plug, plug, plug my girl Simone. Hey girl. Plug my girl Simone. She helps black and brown people find insurance, black insurance providers and uh, black doctors and black mm-hmm. nurses and just different types of healthcare that's for black and brown community for things that even uh, therapists and things like that, that we don't typically grow up knowing about. Correct. So <clears throat> therapy, therapy is for black men too. Yeah. What she said. Uh, therapy is for black. Therapy is for therapy is for black men too. I agree. hundred percent. And it does not mean it's a bad thing. Who said it was a bad thing? Nobody, but I think that's a stigma that black men no, don't typically go need, to the doctor. We need therapy. You do. We need doctors. Have you ever been to therapy? We need therapy. Girl. Okay. No, don't do that on my, on my... Anywho, but thank you for asking. I appreciate that because that is not a question I don't think I've ever been asked is what can people do? Because it is something that I kind of feel like I have to go through by myself because mm-hmm. it happened to me. And, yeah. I, and you can't hold on to it. Like I said, you can't harp onto it or hold on to it forever, so... You have to find ways. So as far as the plus side, mm-hmm. what did you get out of this whole situation as far as positive? As right? far as positive, I think number one, obviously, is my baby boy. How your baby boy doing? He doing good. He upstairs mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he had a great day at school today. I would show the camera, but they ain't not going to be able to see it. But he had a good day and he was smiling and he's just full of life and energy and it can be exhausting, of course, being a parent, but he is 
literally amazing as we see every day. And I think the other positive is just like God is real and God's grace is literally like the most beautiful thing ever because that situation, I think every day about the ways that that could have gone worse. Amen. Amen. He loves us and he loves amen, everybody amen. else. Right. But like that could have gone, that situation could have gone so much worse. Right. So much have. worse. It we could have, have hit cars. God, I don't want to say thank God for COVID, but thank God that they, we were in a space where people were at home. Yeah. Imagine that she's trying to fly through red lights mm-hmm. and we're hitting every car. You know what I'm saying? Like it yeah. just could have been bad. Thank God she wasn't on a suicide mission. She wasn't trying to jump off the 17th street bridge with the car. Thank God that I, you know, remembered my daddy always said, buckle up. And if this bitch wasn't about to slow down, Sorry. If this bitch wasn't about to slow down, then we was going to have to buckle up. You know what I mean? So I just think, you know, thank God the airbag didn't hit my stomach because now, you know, we had a little life in there. Like just there's just so many things where it's just like the situation could have gone so much worse. And that's why I can't harp on it, because it's like there's so many what ifs. But what did happen was what happened, baby girl, a traumatic event. But it was like the worst, best day of my life. Okay, April 14th. 2020. When we gonna drop this podcast? April 14th, 2022. 2022. Period. <laughs> Hopefully. So, this is episode one. Uh-huh. But we're gonna move it to episode two. Because we're gonna drop one on Friday. April 9th. Friday. Yep. But this is one this is like my favorite episode out of all the ones we've done so far. Thanks, baby. I appreciate you. You are all right. I mean like all right, girl. I'm about to you all right at this point. So, like, usually I just get to watch. So it's kind of cool being like, mm-hmm. "Oh, he wants me." And shout out to oh, can we plug people? Plug because everybody. my girl Ryan Baskins, the Ryan, the, the future of hey. Atlanta media and journalism and yeah. photography. What's 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 Ryan Instagram? Right at Ryan Baskins. Spell underscore it. Spell or it. is there spell no it. Spell it. Spell it. I'll spell it for you. At at sign R Y I N B A S K I N S. Is that correct? Heard. That's she's correct. the she's the goat. She has literally helped me bring this vision to life, and we just like feed into each other. And she's new to Atlanta, and you know it's just her time to shine. So I'm so grateful, so 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 appreciative because this is a very transitional period for me, mm-hmm. and um, I'm just grateful for her grace and patience and all that stuff. And I want to shout out. So thank you, girl. And I want to shout out you, babe, for just having this platform. Come on with it, baby girl. Oh, gosh. For having this platform because it is a passion of yours. It clearly makes you happy. And I'm very happy to see you back on your your grind. And I hope I can help continue to help this grow. And I'm excited to see this go to the next level because literally I've never seen somebody watch podcasts more in my whole life. In my whole life. I ain't never seen nobody watch podcasts for fun. So... I think this is great and I'm happy for you and I want to shout out God of course because we big wouldn't G-O-D. be here Come without on. him. Big G-O-D. Come on. <laughs> big G-O-D. And yeah, I'm just uh, shout out my mom and my sister and my daddy for keeping me safe yeah. and you know. Hey, don't forget Vernus. And Vern, my boy. of course, Big don't B. Forget, don't forget Vernus. Right? We got to shout out everybody shout out and of Vernus. course my friends and people who've just checked on me throughout this process and I know it does seem like, you know, I'm healed and I'm, you know, I just, um, kudos to you for getting back in it, but it's hard and it, it always is. has been hard. And yeah. I was in a space 
in my news station where it just wasn't it and i just felt a shift in my life and so that's why we're here and this is it and we bring it in 2022 i don't know we're finished in 2022 a different way than we started it so yeah i appreciate you i appreciate everything that you do Mm -hmm. for me our son Mm -hmm. everything i really do i promise you that i I appreciate us i love you too ryan Behind the camera. Appreciate I appreciate you. <laughs> Keep that shit coming. Yasmina. Yasmina. I don't know where you at. I don't know where she you at. Yeah. She had a crib dog. I, I don't know where you at. Well, we appreciate you too. I'm weak. She always comes with a hookah vibe. Right. Period. I appreciate everybody, seriously. <laughs> we are back like we never left. I'm back. Season two. Dun, dun, dun. Season two, we on the way. Welcome to Insufficient Fun Season 2. And that's it for 